Good morning and welcome to this Father's Day service. For many people, today is an opportunity to honour our fathers, an opportunity to express our gratitude. For others, the thought of Father's Day brings pain, sadness and frustration. Maybe your relationship with your father wasn't positive or maybe you never knew him. Perhaps today you want to honour a father figure in your life, a man or woman who played a significant role in your upbringing in the absence of your biological father. Maybe your father was in your life but was not fully present. Life isn't straightforward and fathers, like all human beings, are complex. Although the language of God as father can be difficult for some, the qualities modelled for us in the Bible of unconditional love, compassion and forgiveness are powerful. And a father's love is something we all need, especially at the moment when there's so much uncertainty and pain in the world. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, recorded for us by Marie Bashiru. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd, the protests that followed and the discussions that are continuing about racism, many of us are reflecting on how we bring up children in this context. 
In the words of Angela Davis, how do we go from non-racist to anti-racist? Something unprecedented is happening in our society. Disbelief and anger has turned into a demand for racial equality and reform across the board in a way I have never seen before. From the police to the education system and beyond, there is now, more than ever, a demand to reimagine our society through a racial justice lens. Heavenly Father, thank you that throughout Scripture you have shown that you are God of justice. You have always raised people up to fight against injustice. Please send your strength, endurance and encouragement for anyone who has suffered the indignity and pain of racism. I also thank you for the examples of people in Scripture, like Esther, who stood up for and alongside those being oppressed. Please raise more Esthers as we strive to dismantle racist structures globally and here in the UK. Amen. We Shall Overcome Someday, sung for us there by the London Community Gospel Choir. In striving for freedom and equality, it's important for us all to have good examples of people who are fighting for justice. Lord Hastings and Governor B are two people I have huge respect for. I've got to know Lord Hastings over the past couple of years as someone with a huge heart, particularly for young black men in the criminal justice system and helping them to lead rehabilitated lives. 
Governor B is, in my opinion, one of the best UK rappers of his generation. His passion to see young people flourish and to be inspired by positive music is refreshing and needed. Their stories connect with me as someone who has worked in the youth sector for 20 years and in 2019 launched Power for Fight, a charity that empowers communities to end youth violence. With our shared interests, I wanted to have a conversation across our generations about fatherhood. Lord Hastings shares now what fatherhood means to him, followed by Governor B. For many of us, we would begin with thinking, do we have a father present in our own lives? And for me, I did have my father present in my life. But he died when I was 16 in a car crash in Jamaica. My memories of him are hugely significant. He struggled all his life with epilepsy and even with his severe disability, his persistence in making sure we were well looked after, supported and educated was just immense. And until I left home at 14 to go to boarding school in England, and whenever I would go back to Jamaica, without fail, my father would read us Rudyard Kipling's poem, If, every Sunday. The poem concludes, If you fulfil all these wonderful things, then you'll be a man someday, my son. I could understand that my father wanted to give us something beautiful, gem-like. So I saw a man struggling with himself, but profoundly giving to us. And that was a wonderful example. I've recently become a father. My son is nine months old. And before I had him, fatherhood to me meant safety because my dad made me feel very safe. He came to London from Ghana, had nothing and kind of worked his way up from there. But he was very much in survival mode. I now strongly feel that there's a second part to fatherhood, which is deep friendship. And that's something that I aspire to have with my son. I think my dad was a great guy, but he didn't do too well with the friendship side of our relationship. To be fair to him, I do understand. He didn't really have time to delve into my feelings because he was probably busy trying to make rent that month. I've had the safety side of it modelled to an excellent level, and I'm learning about the deep friendship side of it now. Oh, I heard a thousand stories Say a word, you're a good, good father It's 
Good Good Father by Housefires. Fatherhood for me isn't just about biological fathers. It's about the people you're fortunate to have around you. My parents divorced when I was seven and I would say my dad did the best he could to be present in my life. But I've been fortunate not just to have him. I've had uncles and friends who have been father figures in my life. As I became a Christian in my early 20s, there were some good people around me. Like other people, coming into Christianity, the idea of the Father's love took me a long time to embrace. We have this all-loving, compassionate God, a perfect Father, unlike anything we've experienced on earth. So how can we relate to our Father in Heaven, Governor B and Lord Hastings again? We have this Father who's nothing like our fathers on earth. But with that being said, some of the characteristics I've picked up from my dad and now being a dad myself, it kind of shines a light on just how much God loves me. When my father passed away a few years ago, I had no doubt in my mind that he had given me everything he could, loved me as much as he could, sacrificed what he could, and it reminded me of the ultimate sacrifice, the fact that God gave his only son for our sins. And now when I look at my son, I think to myself, whatever this little man does, I'm going to love him unconditionally. A father in heaven which trumps any love here on earth. The magnitude of that is incredible and it's a great comfort to me. God as our father gives us hope and confidence, even in turmoil, as father the sincerity of his love for us was so immense that he sent his son so that we might have life. So it's the joy of seeing a role model father who battled everything to give us the basics. I've seen how God, in his generosity, gives us everything. That's the kind of father I can sit and say, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done.
Luke 15 verses 11 to 24, the prodigal son. Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. As a young Christian, I struggled with the concept of our Heavenly Father. I imagined a strict, dictator-type God who was continually disappointed with the bad decisions I made. Yet the story of the prodigal son blows that misconception out of the water. We see a father who first gives his son freedom to choose, even though the father could anticipate that giving the younger son his inheritance early would be detrimental. We see that the father spots his son from a long way off, breaks with all cultural norms, runs to meet his son, throws his arms around him and kisses him. Whatever the youngest son's past misdemeanours, the father does not treat him with contempt, but gives a lavish welcome with gifts and extreme warmth. The rebellion is forgotten, and the joy of the father, who thought his son was lost, is uncontainable because now he is found. Sometimes I find myself just sitting there, watching my children play. I'm mesmerised by the joy, freedom and delight they have. Without them doing anything significant, I'm happy. This feeling I have for my children is what our Father in heaven has for us when the writer in Zephaniah says, He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. Like the parable of the prodigal son, without us doing anything special, he delights over us. This is the love that Jesus calls us into, to share in the intimacy of the Son and the Father. In this time of increased racial tension in the US and UK, where there is rightly anger at black people dying in police custody, this parable is a timely reminder that we have a father in heaven who shows no partiality and loves unconditionally no matter who we are or what we've done. One of the reasons I care so much about the battle against racial injustice is because of my mother. From an early age, I was taught about the racial discrimination black South Africans endured during apartheid. We went on marches together and always had a real and honest discussions about the racial atrocities happening at that time. The desire and love to seek justice and to correct oppression, as it says in Isaiah, 
was passed on to me from her. This love and direction shows what we put into our children will manifest into something great. We'll hear from Lord Hastings in a moment, after our next hymn, Martin Luther King's favourite, Take My Hand, Precious Lord, sung by Marie Bashiru. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I'm tired, I am weak, alone. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to light. Take my having this Father's Day during a period of great fear and tragic violence. I'm old enough to remember the extreme race riots in the USA in the 1960s, and I saw Martin Luther King make his famous I Have a Dream speech, and then subsequently, tragically, be assassinated. As a father, Martin Luther King specifically said that central to his dream was his hope that his four children would not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. This points us in a different direction. As a father, he knew that it's never violence that ends a fight for justice, but it's the relentless pursuit of honour and transformation that deliver justice and freedom and dignity. A father should always want justice, 
freedom and dignity for his children. The father longs only for the best. But what happens when our children fail their own best, and sometimes ours? One dimension of my life that I truly greatly love is the huge privilege of visiting and knowing and serving a large community of prisoners doing extended sentences usually for violent crimes and often for casualties. A life lost through violence is a total tragedy. But so too would be the loss of a man's potential to reform and to rebuild. I go each time with a group of my wider family of brothers to shed hope and light into these men's minds. After all, irrespective of their crimes and their past, they're still made in the image of God and with all the potential to know God as Father. And for most, the deep longing to know a human father too. We write to each other a lot, and I get extensive letters, one even at 130 pages, where all life is revealed. It's a beautiful honour to father these men inside and to build their hope for one day when they can return to their duty as fathers and husbands and friends and sons. God treats us just the same. And I've chosen to build a family by adopting children. So many people say, how can you love a child who is not your own? Well, all children are God's and he loves equally and without discrimination. In the book of Ephesians, chapter one, verses five and six, it says, for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. How wonderful this is, how liberating, how purposeful. To be a father is a job and a joy in equal measure.
That was my song, Cast Your Cares, featuring the Kingdom Choir. In my house, it was my mum who ruled the roost. Dad was happy to sit back and take whatever came his way. His motto should have been, anything for an easy life. Don't get me wrong, this was him being laid back, not lazy. Every morning at 5.30, he would be up brushing his teeth to go off to work. After my dad died, I went to Accra, Ghana, with a group of close friends to celebrate my 30th birthday. I had been a few times before, but never with any attempts at imagining the city through the eyes of my dad. I suppose you could call it a journey of exploration. During my trip, I learned that growing up, my dad was streetwise and assured. Never one to draw attention to himself, understated but coolly confident. I liked hearing these things about my dad because it confirmed how I thought about him too. Turning up for the first time in London, I expect he lost some of his assuredness, as it must have been a massive culture shock. I wonder if he used to feel like an imposter, like he shouldn't be here and didn't fit in. That would go some way towards explaining his passive nature. Don't ruffle feathers, keep the peace, and don't give anyone a reason to tell you to go back to your own country. Live and let live, and most importantly, laugh. Or maybe those features were just what made my dad who he was. Easy going and happy go lucky. Children never really value their parents. Not until they have children of their own and come to understand how hard it is to be a parent. Or in my case, until one of their parents dies and they become aware of the enormous hole created in their lives. Those little things in life, they're not little. For example, something my dad always did for me was drive me places. As I grew older and my career took off, he drove me to all my gigs and when I was touring, it was my dad who drove me to and from the airport before I could afford airport parking. I really miss not sitting next to my dad in a car. We never said much, but we sat in comfortable silence. Beside my dad, I always felt secure and I knew that he had my back. Fatherhood to me means having someone in a driving seat. Someone who makes you feel secure. My dad did that for me. God does that for me, and I hope I can do that for my son. I'll make sure he knows he's standing on the shoulders of giants like my own father, and that many sacrifices were made for the freedom he has today. I'll be intentional about having difficult conversations around faith and race with him, so he is well equipped to continue the journey of being proud of who he is, and fighting for even more freedom for his generation. I truly believe life and death is in the power of the tongue, and another part of what I'm going to teach him is just to embrace the fact that he's black and powerful and wonderfully created and can have huge impact in this world. Our prayers will now be led by Selena Stone, teacher and lecturer in political theology. God of love, on this Father's Day we come to you as your children. While we live together in this world as friends and sometimes as enemies, in this moment, we remember that we are all siblings born of your love and mercy. 
We thank you for the love you offer to all of creation, for your spirit which moves throughout the earth to all people and to all places. We are grateful that you look upon each one of us with delight and are close to us when we are alone or when we suffer. We thank you for all of those who have shown us your fatherly love, for fathers by birth or loving adoption who have given us all that they could. We offer you thanks for uncles, mentors, grandfathers and friends who care for us, love us and support us. We pray for your blessing on them this day. We remember all of those who are in pain today. We pray for those who have lost good fathers and miss their presence. We especially remember those who have lost loved ones to COVID-19 and all those who live with the rawness of grief. Be close to them in their weeping. We ask you to comfort those who have never known the love of a good father, that you will heal the brokenhearted on this day and bring to them a special blessing. In a world where both fathers and children suffer violence, we pray for justice and shalom. We ask for the strength to fight for justice and the comfort which comes with the truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we bring this service to a close, we join together in the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. How Great Thou Art, recorded for us by Ashton Michael and Marie Bashiru. Thou art, 
As fathers, we commit ourselves to the job and the joy of parenting. We are only human, we make mistakes, but we are not alone. We have a heavenly father full of love, and as we abide in him, we too can overflow with warmth and compassion to those around us. Abba Father, bless us all today with the assurance of your love. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen.